What's going on, everybody? Cody Pazby back with you. It's another edition of Waxbacks Morning Trek, Mojo Breaks Baseball Card Podcast. Lot to get into this week, but we're kind of going off a different path. Not your traditional baseball card talk, but trust me, it's going to be very, very big for the baseball card world. What we're going to talk about this week, not the all-star game. Yes, lots of stuff going on there. Julio Rodriguez is an all-star. Your favorite player probably isn't an all-star. Carlos Rodon, come on. need to get him on the team. It'll happen, but basically. We're not talking about that this week. We're talking about the other festivities happening in Los Angeles for MLB All-Star Week. It's the MLB Draft. Second year now during the All-Star Game. We've had a lot of time to see these guys marinate, to see these guys pitch in the College World Series or hitting the College World Series and during the Combine. So we've had a lot of time to talk about these guys, to discuss these guys, to study these guys. And there's a lot of big names, a lot of offspring of players you probably grew up watching in case you needed another reminder for how old we all are. Uh, I don't need that. But hey, Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday, a lot of familiar names. And we're going to talk about that with Joe Doyle. Read his stuff over at prospectslive.com. He's got mock drafts top 600 prospects if you guys are looking for some in-depth coverage with some insider thoughts highly recommend prospectslive.com i talked to joe about the 2022 mlb draft how good can drew jones be and what the hell are the baltimore orioles doing at number one drew jones is so good just pick him we explain exactly what's going on i talked to joe about that and much more here is our conversation We're talking all things MLB draft today. Joe Doyle is my guest here on Wax Packs and Warning Tracks. Joe, thanks so much for coming uh, on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Man, Wax Packs and Warning Tracks is maybe the best show name I've ever heard. That is so sick. Nicely done. Oh, well, thank you. I I got to be honest. The the genesis of it was, okay, uh, I need a baseball term and I need a baseball card term. What works? What rolls off the tongue? And uh, yeah, just went with that and hope for the best. So, boy, uh, that's a shirt. Print the shirts. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're telling me. I'm, I'm ready. Just got to find a, yeah, I'll find it in my budget here. Uh, but we're, we're going a little bit uh, on a different path today, as I said. Obviously, uh, when it comes to baseball cards, prospecting is really uh, the life of, of baseball cards. It's really the beating heart of baseball cards. It's what a lot of people, uh, if you're going into baseball cards to make money, uh, whatever you're doing, prospecting is number one. And of course, the MLB draft is a huge part of that. And I think because of that, especially in the baseball card world, there is even more interest than there has been uh, in years past. Uh, I I do actually want to ask before we kind of dig into the draft of the substance of the draft itself. This is now year two where the draft is been moved up a month. It used to be traditionally right around the beginning of June, kind of an awkward time. Always, always struck me as an awkward time in the middle of the College World Series. So now we're going into year two here, going to be during the All-Star Game Week festivities. Uh, just personally, what do you think of this new draft format or this new draft timing with You've got the the prospect leagues, the the uh, you know uh, the combine leagues, and the and the combine itself now uh, happening right after or just a little bit during the College World Series. Uh, are you a fan of this change for the MLB draft? 
I think it's got its pros and cons. Uh, I'm actually, you know, I thought initially when they announced it, I thought, okay, this is cool. This can be a showcase surrounded with the home run derby, surrounded with the all-star game. But I think more and more um, as we kind of get into year two here, I, I think the MLB draft is actually kind of falling victim to being drowned out by the mm-hmm. by the home run derby and the all-star game and, and to a lesser degree, uh, the trade deadline. So in that regard, it, it's kind of a bummer that so many people's focus is, is currently on the other three events, even the futures game. Um, but that being said, I, you know, I think there are some benefits. One thing that we've that we've seen today, I don't know when this is going to be released, was um, the Braves and the Royals swung a trade that moved a competitive balance pick um, to to Atlanta from Kansas City. And you know, I've always thought that the trading of draft picks would be the easiest way to grow interest in the draft and i think as you move the draft closer to the trade deadline those competitive balance picks become a little bit more leverageable in deals so i like that but in 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 general i think uh it's kind of getting lost in the traffic yeah unfortunately because i i was sure when they first announced it went man this is the best thing that's going to happen to this and then you saw last year you forget there are so many things happening during also week if you're there just as a fan there's the fan fest itself sunday uh, has got the futures game it's got a celebrity game monday's obviously all home run derby so it's it's already a lot going on and then you add that on top of it you're right it, it, it does kind of deserve its own spot in the spotlight maybe it being in la maybe things change who knows uh and maybe now more people used to it but definitely it, there is uh i think more attention from the common fan about just these guys so we have a little more time to study these guys time to watch them in the college world series and this is uh, from just the looks of those first few names that we're seeing in the draft that first round of, of players potential players that could be fit, uh, picked uh it, it's a really strong crop of players i'd say this year uh starting with obviously the biggest name drew jones a lot of players that we're going to be familiar with and if there's one thing i've come to learn in the baseball card world it's like if you've got a familiar last name People are going to want to collect your cards no matter what. Uh, but l- let's start with that first guy, uh, Drew Jones, who does seem like he's the consensus top prospect. Just how good can this guy be? Where are we placing him kind of in the pantheon of uh, great prospects of the past? Yeah, so I, I think Drew is, is head and shoulders above the rest of the class in terms of projection, upside, um, present tools. There's not a lot of red flags as it pertains to Drew Jones. Uh, there are some swing mechanics that he can fix, but that's, I mean, that's getting into the nitty gritty, right? I think what we're ultimately talking about here is a guy that could sim, uh, could end up similar to a Byron Buxton type of a player. He's not quite as fast as Buxton, um, but it's a similar, extremely, extremely lean frame. He's got more power than Buxton had at this point in Buxton's career. Um, I've heard I've gotten the question a lot like is Drew Jones going to be better than his dad I don't think that's a fair (laughs) I don't think that's a fair ask of a kid to go to you know go in 10 gold gloves and and be a potential hall of famer but uh, when we're talking about Drew Jones I I do think we're talking about a guy that's ultimately going to be a top five or a top 10 prospect in baseball and um, probably play his way into four or five all-star games and have a very successful career. There's just, there's not a lot of question marks as it pertains to Drew Jones and where he's going to go. So then I ask this question, what's going on with Baltimore then? If it seems like it's such a slam dunk, uh, obviously I saw in your mock draft, you had Drew Jones going to the Baltimore Orioles. They have a lot of money to play with uh, in the signing pool. 
it just kind of feels like this is it's an easy choice and it's that's a lot to say for MLB drafts where that number one pick is probably one of the more uncertain ones compared to other drafts uh so what's the holdup here because I've seen him not get drafted I've seen some things saying that Baltimore is they're gonna take it to the last minute I think I saw I read an article from you that said don't be surprised if he starts to fall, if maybe the New York Mets are in play. Things could get really interesting. Why do you think Baltimore uh, is being so shy about this? Is it really just a matter of money? It is. Yeah, no, it is. It is just a matter of money. And this is not Baltimore being frugal uh, or cheap. I think that's a giant misconception in draft circles. This is about Baltimore trying to get the most bang for their buck. Um, if you're Baltimore and you can get Drew Jones for $9 million or – you can get Termar Johnson, who has you know had several high praise labels thrown on him for six and a half, seven million dollars. Uh, that opens up two and a half million dollars for you to use later in the draft. And two and a half million may not sound like a lot when we're talking about you know eight or nine million bucks for Drew Jones, but two and a half million can get you two really impressive high school pitchers, yeah. and that's kind of what they've built this entire thing on, right? Grayson Rodriguez, DL, uh, DL Hall. Um, so many of their pitching has come through the ranks over so much time that I think Baltimore and Mike Elias just they have a way of you know gathering as many really talented prospects as they can and kind of building out a robust system. You got to remember when you become competitive in Major League Baseball, it's not about the prospects panning out, it's also about having a deep, rich farm system that you can trade from. And I think that's one thing that Baltimore is always trying to achieve. Um, so it, you, listen, if it was my pick, I think Drew Jones is uh, categorically better than every other player in this draft. I would take him one one. Um, but you know, if it comes down to dollars or it comes down to, you know, the safety of a college bat that might move a little bit quicker, they've been a lot better this year than a lot of people thought. Uh, you know, obviously things could always change. I would take Drew, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, there's, uh, I feel like MLB draft when it comes to sort of draft day drama, it's it's it, it comes and goes. It's not as maybe prevalent as NFL draft and NBA draft, but it's interesting that we're going into this. And I think there is some real drama here and some real uncertainty about that top pick. So I guess if hey, uh, MLB Network, whoever's listening, if you want some advertising to uh, something some to lead up to it, there you go. There's the storyline. What will they do? Um, and it is interesting with Baltimore that. At, uh, like you said, just at a point where they think, let's just get the best, the most talent, the deepest possible. I mean, this has been one of the surprise teams of baseball this year. So maybe in a way they're thinking we're a lot closer than we thought we were. Uh, maybe let's just get deeper, have some prospects we can flip in the next year or two where we think maybe by next year or a year later, we are fully in play for a wild card spot or the ALE. So it's, it's, it's not the worst thinking on Baltimore's part. Uh, just in general, this draft class beyond Drew Jones. Um, just your general thoughts on this year's class. Uh, I, I think it seems very top-heavy. Uh, with hitters, which for baseball card collectors, that is music to their ears. Hitters are are the bread and butter prospects, uh, hitters. Pitchers, not so much. Obviously, a lot of things going in there, but I'm sure it's still a lot of strong names there. Um, what do you think of this class uh, compared to years past? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think there are three or four 
uh, high school hitters in this class that have kind of set themselves apart in terms of Jackson Holiday, Tamar Johnson, Drew Jones, and Elijah Green. I think they're just a little bit better than than everyone else in this class in terms of pure upside and what they've shown on the field to this point. Um, but uh, honestly, in my eyes, I, I think the college bats are a little underwhelming. Uh, I think Kevin Parada is a great prospect with the bat. I have serious questions about what he's going to do defensively. Uh, I think Brooks Lee uh, is a very polished hitter. Uh, I have questions about whether or not he's ever going to hit for enough power to really be a star. Like, is is this guy going to be uh, Jeff McNeil with a little bit more power, or is he going to be a little bit more than that? Um, so I think that's one of the biggest questions with some of the college bats at the top. And then, you know, most of the guys, as you get past the top 10, I would say, most of those college bats project to be solid big leaguers. Maybe maybe they run into uh, one all-star game. Um, but I don't think there's a lot of star potential outside of those top 10 picks. I'll throw a couple names to you that I think do have some of those outlier traits. Uh, I think Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee could end up being a, a pretty good uh, player that sneaks his way into uh, you know top 25 prospect rankings with some of his tools. I think Chase DeLauder is another one that has shown flashes of stardom. Um, but at the same time, he's coming from a small conference and he's been banged up. So another guy to watch. Um, so, you know, there, there's a couple speedy outfielders that have that 2020 potential. But um, outside of the top 10 picks, it's a lot of I don't want to say role players, but good big league regulars. OK, yeah. So there's still a lot here uh, to, you know, it's the beauty of the MLB draft, too. It's that there are guys that we all project that, you know, these guys will be solid players. And then suddenly, you know, it's something it's a flip switches or something uh, in the minor league level. It's that's the beauty of it all. Um, I, I mentioned briefly pitching. There's one name that I would say is probably the most familiar for, again, people who uh, are more uh, are kind of just pay attention to the college and the draft as it leads up to it it was a big name last year kumar rocker i think one of the most interesting storylines last year uh the new york mets they were getting made fun of for it in a way maybe they looked smart for it did not end up signing it there was there was some medical stuff that was i from what i remember it was not disclosed or it was that he he did not go through one of those uh combines if i'm not mistaken i can't i can't exactly remember but whatever it was something wasn't right for the mets they don't sign him uh doing well in independent ball Looks like he's going to be another top uh, a first round pick. Uh, what do you think about Kumar Rocker? Where do you think he's going to be landing? I know you mocked uh, in your mock draft. You got him with the Angels. So going from maybe a formerly dysfunctional franchise to, I don't know, <laughs> the current dysfunctional franchise. Uh, man, I think it's a really interesting case. What's going on here with Kumar Rocker? Yeah, I think you kind of uh, laid it out perfectly. I, whoever whoever drafts Kamal Rocker is going to believe enough in the medicals that he is going to be able to have a sustained big league career. Um, yeah. So he, he didn't submit his medicals last year. He submitted them this year, but they were kind of incomplete. They, they lacked some of the critical information that uh, some teams want, but he did submit his medicals, So he is guaranteed that 75% of his draft bonus slot, wherever he goes, I think in a year where there's so many question marks surrounding the college class, the college uh, pitching class, Kamal Rocker is a guy that's been there, done it. He was an absolute superstar in 2020. He was an absolute star in 2021. And he's looked healthy. He's looked the part. He's been up to 70 pitches in the independent league. Uh, and because of that, the stuff hasn't, you know, the stuff hasn't gone, it hasn't regressed. So because of that, I think Kamal Rocker is still ultimately going to be a first round pick. I, I mean, He's the enigma of this class. He could go in the top five, he could go in the top 35. I think everyone's waiting to see. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's wow. I, that that would be wild if he drew, if he drops that far again. But yeah, gosh, if I yeah, if I'm in a front office and you know he was one of those names last year that just it was on everybody's lips that Kumar Rocker, especially going to the College World Series, uh, where it was almost like him and Lighter in tandem, and it was only during that World Series that he kind of falls off a little bit, uh, but really not that much. Uh, definitely a, a a high, maybe a high risk, medium to high risk, but feels like a high potential high reward. Uh, for Kumar Rocker. Uh, another player I want to get back to, back to the hitters. Uh, we talked about one of the famous names, Drew Jones, but there's another very famous name here. Actually, multiple. We got the children of Carl Crawford, Matt Holiday, and Andrew Jones in this draft. Uh, obviously, uh, Josh Young's brother, Jace Young, is in this draft. So uh, there's a lot of familiar names here, but the second guy after Jones that I think is, is being that most talked about guy is Jackson Holiday. Uh, what do you think about Jackson? I know in the amateur circuit, he's really been uh, it, it has been very impressive. Uh, obviously, that name brand value sounds like he's going to be at least a top three pick, uh, maybe going to Arizona at two. Uh, what do you see out of uh, Jackson Holiday? Uh, yeah, I think Jackson Holiday, the way that I see it shaping up right now is if Baltimore takes Drew Jones, uh, I think uh, Arizona is in line to land Jackson Holiday. But I, I will say this, if if Drew Jones doesn't go number one, um, and it's not Jackson Holiday. I think Jackson Holiday has a chance of falling a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. you know into the top five or six picks. But uh, listen, it's a it's a kid with uh, mammoth bloodlines. You know, his dad was was an extremely successful player in his day. Played for like 14, 15, 16 years. Everyone knows the Holiday brand. Uh, he broke the uh, Oklahoma high school record for home runs in a season this year as a shortstop. Uh, six foot two, really athletic, broad shoulders. The kid is just jacked now. Um, I think that he probably plays shortstop for the front half of his career. I think by the time he's 27 or 28, he's probably moved off the position by someone a little bit more athletic as he gets a little bit more, uh, let's say, just stronger in his in his frame. Um, So I think when you're talking about Jackson Holiday, you know, it's a guy that could hit 270 with 25 to 30 home runs at a premium position like shortstop. And that'll get you to multiple all star games. So I. it's a tough one, man. I mean, he he kind of came out of nowhere this year in terms of uh, you know he had a tough he had a tough summer in 2021 and really kind of ex- exploded this spring. Right. Uh, I like the kid. I think he's going to be a really good pro. But where he lands in the draft, I don't think it's as cut and dry as top three right now. I think there's a lot of landing spots. Yeah, I mean, there are so many good uh, and again and again, it's also based off of slot value and all that. Are you willing to pay this much for this guy? Uh, but obviously carries that name brand. And boy, uh, you mentioned Arizona in that two pick, which I just feel like uh, they kind of are in that maybe Baltimore, obviously in a better shape right now. They got Rushman already up and, and a lot of guys already ready and they look like they're very at least a surprise team this year. But Arizona, with the way their farm system is building up right now with Carroll and Lawler, and now they've got this number two pick where if Drew Jones falls to them, uh, gosh, I, I, I'm sorry. I've got to think it out loud. Like, that's just my mind kind of went crazy thinking of the potential of Arizona's farm system if they could get a guy like Drew Jones. They're in very, very good shape. Uh uh, I, I do actually, there's, there's another guy I want to talk about. I think you mentioned him earlier. Um, and to me, he's another one that has been on my radar for a little while, Termar Johnson, uh, who I, I've been reading enough about this guy that I am I'm maybe outside of Drew Jones, the guy I feel most excited about. Just when you hear things like the best 
hitting prospect that the people have seen that some scouts have seen in over a decade uh watched some interviews with him and i'm like this guy's just got it man like i I, again i'm not a scout so i can't i i can't quantify it but i know when i see a kid who's confident uh in his abilities is is confident in speaking to the media and stuff like that and so to hear that in in uh concert with this guy could be one of the best hitters we've seen out of this draft in a long time i get really really excited uh what do you think about uh, tamar johnson yeah yeah i mean he can really really hit uh the bat to ball skills are significant uh despite his five foot eight frame he's got a lot of juice in the bat um, I think there's a pretty good chance this guy could end up being the best hitter out of this class, a guy that you know hits 290, 300 year in and year out. If it all clicks, everyone develops differently at the pro level, so you never want to kind of write that in stone. Um, but listen, I, I mean, everyone kind of hits Tamar Johnson's stock because of his size. All right. He's five foot eight. He's 180 pounds, 185 pounds. So he's a really muscled up kind of compact package. Uh, of a, I call him a powder keg package at the plate. You know, he just really does everything well. Um, a lot of people think he's probably going to have to move to second base just because of the frame. People expect him to slow down a little bit. But in terms of like the prospect world, in terms of, you know, the baseball card world, if I were to tell you that there's a guy that's going to hit 290 or 300 with 25 to 30 home runs as a 25 year old, um, kind of hard to find better prospects in major league baseball than that. So I think his, his size and his position may ultimately keep him off of, you know, top 10 prospect lists, top 15 prospect lists, but I think he's going to be a mainstay on prospect lists until he debuts. And I think he's one of those guys that kind of hits the ground running right when he arrives, he's going to hit, he's going to hit for power and he's going to be a bit of an energy charge for any team that, uh, that acquires him. Yeah, I, and I mean, you, you, the way you were talking about it, too, I was just, again, this is not fair to him. This is too high an expectation, but you can't help but think of a Jose Altuve type at second base. Sure. A guy who's a spark plug. Uh, obviously, different skill sets here, but uh, could be very, very exciting. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to him. Uh, I, I already like him a lot. I'm, I'm already can't consider me a fan. Uh, just a few more questions for you, Joe. Uh, just want to know, outside of these guys we're talking about, uh, obviously, these are a lot of the big names. Uh, Elijah Green, a guy I haven't mentioned yet, but I think a guy who is right up there in that top five uh, range, just incredible ability all around. But anybody that we're talking that we haven't talked about that you think are some of the biggest sleepers in this year's draft? Yeah, I, I mentioned Drew Gilbert earlier. I think he's got a chance to be really special. I, I, that's a guy that I think could go 2020 at the big league level. It's a guy that's going to play a premier center field. Um, I, I think Drew Gilbert, who could go anywhere between that 10 and 25 mark, is going to be another guy that sits comfortably in top 100 lists for quite some time. Uh, I think he's just the epitome of a spark plug, kind of a Brett Gardner with a little bit more power or Cole Calhoun with a little bit more speed. That's kind of how I've comped him up. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Chase DeLauter. I, I think Chase DeLauter is a guy that, uh, you know, it's a six foot five inch frame. He hits the ball really hard. He plays center field, um, kind of gives me uh, – he kind of has Kyle Tucker vibes. He kind of has Michael Saunders vibes from his prime. Uh, so those those two guys really stick out. But if you're really trying to hit a you know home run, you know throw throw a hail mary. Uh, Campbell shortstop by the name of Zach Neto probably will go in the top 15 picks. Uh, hits the ball as hard as anyone in college, despite his five foot nine, five foot ten, five eleven inch frame. Good chance to stick at shortstop too. I think he's got a chance to be really really special if the hit tool and the glove continue to develop like they have this year. Nice, nice. Uh, something that just popped in my head, because uh, if you could tell, I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so when sure. it comes to draft day, 
it's always kind of a roll of the dice. I feel like since Farhan Zaidi has taken over, he's been one of those guys that you never quite know what they're going to do. There's always, I mean, you said it, there's there's these guys where you take a gamble, you take, you throw the Hail Mary. Giants have kind of done that these last few years where they think, yeah, a guy that's 70th on most people's draft boards and they take him maybe with like the 30th pick. So are there teams that you, from your experience or front offices that uh, are the most sort of confounding to figure out, like who are like the toughest teams when you're looking at this and evaluating what are these teams going to do? What's the one team that you think I never quite know what this team's up to, or maybe just, they always kind of uh, throw a curveball at you. Yeah, I mean, it's Baltimore, actually, yeah. uh, which is kind of yeah. unfortunate being that they pick number one overall. It's really hard to kind of gauge what direction they go. But, you know, it's not only just the demographic. You know, they've gone college catcher. They've gone high school pitcher. They've gone college outfielder. Um, it's also the money part of it. They like to really stretch their money and, and get, um, you know, extra value in the third and fourth and fifth round. And so that makes it really hard for us to try and figure out where they're going outside of, you know, hitting up our sources as, as much as we can. So, I mean, the Orioles are tough. I think the Giants are tough. Yeah, they they really put a high emphasis on character. Um, and, you know, of late, they've gone with, you know, either a catcher or power speed combo. Um, so they can be pretty tough as well. But to be totally honest with you, you know, the, the MLB draft – You'll never see a mock draft that gets more than eight out of 30, right? It's just it's just the way that it is. Um, these front offices are extremely tight-lipped, and there's not enough, um, I guess, th- there's not enough that happens year in and year out for the same team for us to accurately guess where they're going to go every year. So um, in that regard, I would say to flip your question on its inverse, there's really like four or five teams every year that we know which direction they're going to go. Okay. The rest of it, the rest of it is mostly a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, that's that's the 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 fun of it is we, you know in a way we go in and we don't quite know what to expect every year and that's really kind of the beauty of it all. Uh, want to leave it with this? We're a baseball card pack, podcast, so we got to throw in a little bit of baseball card talk. You, you're rocking if you for our listeners. You're rocking the uh, the the what was it the the rookie year top OG Griffey. Yes. Oh, I love it. I actually have that shirt. I was uh, I, I picked it up. I went to a Mariners game a few months ago and, and grabbed one immediately. Z- zeroed in on it. When I, that has to be in my collection. Yeah. I, uh, well, I figured a baseball card show. I got to wear the yeah. rookie card. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you collect? Uh, are you are you a big collector? Do you have any in the collection that are like your your uh, the the gems of your collection? Yeah. So I do collect. Um, I. I wouldn't say I collect. I pick and choose. I don't. I don't rip yeah. packs. I don't rip boxes. I've got a. I've. I've probably got forty thousand baseball cards from growing up. I need to go through those and see what's in there. Um, but uh, no, I pick and choose. I do have a uh, an out of one hundred uh, Bowman draft uh, Julio card nice. that I've been sitting on. Uh, kind of thinking about flipping that at this point because he's been so hot. Yeah. But uh, I got into some, uh, yeah, I, I got pretty heavy on the Kelnick rookie card train there a couple years ago. And uh, that hasn't that hasn't panned out as well as I was hoping. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I uh, I enjoy collecting, but it's usually just kind of like what you got, like statement pieces for the podcast, things that I can put on display. Yeah, exactly. Stuff you you know, and you collect what you love, your 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 favorite teams and whatnot. But hey, you know, uh, Julio, man, uh, we we talk about Julio Rodriguez every week on this show. He's so much fun to watch. I'm, I'm uh, he's 
probably I, I'm like a, my second team has always been the Mariners. So like seeing him doing what he's doing and Mariners baseball excited again is, is really, really fun. Uh, and we'll bring it back to the draft here to wrap it up of these guys that we've all talked about. Who is the guy? If you're a baseball card collector, that if you're if these guys are going to show up in a, the Bowman draft set near the end of the year, be the first time we collect a lot of these guys cards. Maybe I, I gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, Tops holds Drew Jones for their flagship Bowman set next year as a big selling point. But uh, who of these guys that we've talked about are you thinking, if I can only collect one of them for their entire career, this is the guy I'm going with? Yeah, Drew Jones. Definitely Drew Jones. Um, He just he checks every box. I mean, there's there's a couple little mechanical things at the plate that he'll need to work on, but he's also got room to add 25 pounds of muscle and he's got the bloodlines to suggest that he's been around the game a long time. Um, I just think even if Drew, like Marcella Meyer went, what, four last year, Jordan, Jordan Lawler went three, two or three or six, actually. Um, Like I had I had. Meyer one and Lawler two. I don't care who went before them. Those were still the two primo cards to get. I don't care if Drew Jones goes 11. Drew Jones is the card. Yeah, 100%. Uh, everything you said, that that name brand will go a long, long way. But the fact that he's also just so hyped right now uh, is, is, man, I, I don't want to go too crazy, but I think this is going to be one of the bigger chases for baseball card collectors when that first Bowman does arrive. Uh, it's going to be a, a big, big deal. Kind of like what you've seen this year with Wander Franco, rookie cards. I think Tops knows what they're doing, and uh, they're going to build an exciting chase. But, uh, hey, Joe, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate the time. Again, prospect live.com there are top 600 prospects uh mock drafts we got a week till the draft so go study up great stuff over at prospectlive.com and uh, joe really appreciate the time appreciate you man this is fun once again big thanks to joe read his stuff over at prospectslive.com also shout out to the og sp nation crew lookout landing mccovey chronicles man some of my favorite stuff uh, that's where joe used to be over at lookout landing some great great stuff there the og days of sb nation if you know you know and of course that man new prospects and the mlb draft uh so go read prospectslive.com and if you like this podcast make sure to subscribe mojo break sports card show if you have it already search for mojo break sports card show on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get podcasts every tuesday new episodes of wax packs and morning tracks and every thursday our flagship show the hype all-star game next week no baseball games to talk about but we will have plenty to get into the draft all-star rosters how it all affects you and all that good stuff until next time i'm cody pathy we'll talk to you on the next episode of wax packs and warning tracks see ya